part two of the murder myth and mystery Jack the Ripper panel. So at this point, I think we're going to go ahead and hand the torch on over to Larissa for her big theory here. What yes. have you got for us? So I am actually reading this on behalf of our viewer, reader, listener, Chris. Shout out, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Um, this is the theory of Prince Albert Victor Christian Edward. That's a also- great name. Hold on. Is this the guy that is of, do you have Prince Albert in a can fame? I don't think Or the penis-piercing Prince Albert. Right, which might be the same guy. (sighs) That didn't come up in my research. Well, he did it. He has a mustache. (laughs) For mustache rides. (laughs) Oh, we're on to something here, Pam. He was kinky. (laughs) For sure. I'm not sure why he was in a can. I never could understand that joke. All right, anyway. He could pop out of it. It, yeah, it's, com- it's like a bone. It's like a like a, one of those snakes that you open the can of Pringles and a snake comes popping out. I think more of like a jack in the box. A jack in the box. Okay. Jack Surprise. the Ripper in a box. A jack. Oh. <laughs> just solved. Mary just blew it wide open. Just solved. You're welcome. Oh. Damn. All right. Sorry, Larissa. Shit just, shit hey, just got solved. real We're stupid done. around here. All right. She's my friend. She well knows what happens. <laughs> so, Larissa, I'm sorry. I just hijacked that. Please continue. Perfect. So, he was also known as Eddie. He was born in January of 1864, two months premature. Hold on. Eddie? Eight, yes, Eddie. You know, Prince Eddie. Eddie. But Yes, it's just Prince Albert. Me. Okay. Just trust me on this. Something, something. Okay, I'm trusting you. Okay. He was the eldest child of Albert Edward, who later became King Edward VII, and the grandson of the reigning British monarch, Queen Victoria. From the time he was born, he was the second in line of succession to the British throne, but never became king. He actually died before his father and his grandmother. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, the prince was said to have a mental disability, most likely because he was born prematurely and grew up to be... A dull adult. A dull? Dull, <laughs> as he was described. Um, but you would think that his intelligence should be higher as a future monarch. Well, he was partially deaf. Just because your fate is, you know, is predetermined does not make one intelligent. Intelligence is, you know, kind right. of something you're born with to a degree. To a degree. Yes. He had unusually long arms and neck, which he also covered up with high starch collars, and the others to call him by the nickname of Collar and Cuff. Okay, that sounds like a 70s cop show. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I would watch it. Collar collar and Cuff. (laughs) So it's known that Eddie had a dark sexual, uh, lots of dark sexual secrets, and like his womanizing playboy father, it was rumored that his involvement in many scandalous incidents was hushed by the Buckingham Palace. Ooh. I know. Uh, even though Eddie was never pointed out as a suspect during the original investigations, there are two theories that came out well after the original suspects were dead. Um, there's a lot more theories and detail around this, and there's a couple of theories that I'm not going to go over today. I'm just going to go over two, um, but I would highly suggest researching it on your own. Um, in the first theory, it was in 1970s uh, when Tom. 1970s, I said that right. Well. So, um, yeah, like yeah. 80 plus years, okay. Right. Uh, Thomas, uh, Dr. Thomas Stonwell published an article in the Criminologist magazine entitled Jack the Ripper, A Solution. 
<laughs> a solution, a not solution. the solution. Just one. Just one. Um, the article caused a sensation by suggesting that Prince Eddie was in fact the Ripper. Although referring to alleged culprit as S, Stanwell plant- planted enough evidence <laughs> in the reader's mind to leave little doubt that the prince was the man. This is not a professional show, okay? No, this is there what, what is actually, there's actually everywhere. a technical term that for this means kind of show. everybody has to drink. There's drink. actually a technical term for this kind of show. It's called a shit show. Is what this is. Also known as dumpster fire. A dumpster fire, yes. According to Stanwell's account, Eddie was suffering from syphilis or neurosyphilis that attacks the nervous system and causes headaches, altered behavior, difficulty coordinating, muscle movements, paralysis, sensory deficits, and dementia, uh, which he had contracted while on tour in the West Indies because he's a prince and goes everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Um, The disease eventually drove the prince insane and led him to launch the Autumn of Terror in winter. White Chapel in 1888. They say that the royal family knew that Eddie was the Ripper after, from at least the second murder, but they didn't act until after the fourth, <sighs> when Sir William Gull, the royal physician, informed Eddie's father that his son was dying of the syphilitic infection. Oh, that was good. You, I, I, I could tell. Yeah, you did. Sweet. Syphilitic I'm infection. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you did an awesome job. I've been working on my syphilis lately. <laughs> so he was bundled away in restraints to a private mental hospital. Uh, some say that while he was at the hospital, they remember seeing an inmate um, claiming, uh, running around and saying, um, I'm Jack the Ripper, the bugger, I'm Jack the Ripper. And also, the last words of Eddie's brother are famously attributed to as saying, Bugger Bognor. So it kind of links the two comments that they heard. Yeah. Um, but they could never be sure. Sorry, that didn't make sense to no. me at all. So um, maybe because I'm three beers in. <laughs> that could have something to do with it. So people would actually like look over the, the walls of the mental institution and they swear that they heard in uh, this one specific <laughs> inmate saying, I'm Jack the Ripper, I'm Jack the Ripper, the bugger, I'm Jack the Ripper. Okay. And then also his brother had had called him something similar, the bugger Bognor. And so oh, they like kind of link the two comments together saying oh, that oh. this inmate is... You know, yeah. the Bognor. Right. I, I had to read it like five times before I understood, oh. so thank you for okay. saying that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thanks for re-explaining a, it. A Bognor yes. is similar to a Trogdor. Trogdor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that, that at least some one person here totally caught me there. All right. Yes. Um, so... They're saying that Eddie then escaped from the mental institution to carry out the uh, Kelly murder, which was uh, then he was again locked away and died, not of the flu that the royal family had originally said in 1892, um, but softening of the brain, that's in quotes, Ooh. in a private mental asylum in Sagdringham. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't expect you to say weird British town names. Right. Um, but Stonwell... His whole theory, he goes into saying that there's a resemblance to him and Druitt, who was originally the scapegoat. Later, the riptologist, ripperologist, whatever, that came up in mind as well. I like riptologist too, though. Yep. Um, that they've poked holes in this theory completely, saying that essentially, just like Britney's, he was not even in the London area for all five murders. It helps. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So it's great. 
Um, but the reason that there was that Sanwell was trying to say that he was Jack the Ripper was because of his experience in dressing deer, and so that's where the uh, surgical gotcha pieces came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot more. There's a lot more published work after Stanwell's original criminal crim, criminology article that came out that continues to expand on that theory. Um, so I highly recommend looking into that. Um, but the second and the most popular theory of why Eddie is the, or why how Eddie is um, involved, and I'm going to say involved because they're actually not saying that he's the guy, but um, they're calling it the Royal Conspiracy. It first appeared in 1973 on a BBC program, Jack the Ripper. The story goes that the producers, while they were doing their research, was asked to reach out to a man named Snickert. Snickert? Might sound a little bit familiar. It was the son of Walter Snickert that we just heard from Brittany. Oh. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and, but they're also saying that when he spoke with uh, who's Joseph Snickert, um, talked about a secret marriage between Eddie and a poor Catholic girl named Annie Mary Crook. And Snickert painted a strange story involving Eddie, Lord Sansbury, who was the, um, the prime minister at the time, uh, Sir Robert Anderson, who was a, an officer during the investigation, <coughs> Sir William Gull, who was the royal physician, and even Queen herself, Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria was a peach. Yeah. Speaking okay, I'm sure. Peach. Speaking, speaking of peach, peaches. that's a great segue. Yeah, I hope that you guys can hear this on your on your end, uh, listeners. And if you do, we apologize. It, it's brilliant. Uh, peaches is just going to town, man. She's telling something. What's up? Howling away. This sounds like an elk call. An elk, it does oh sound gosh, like an elk does. call. It yeah, it's that time of year. It's she's doing her elk call. <laughs> <laughs> my little 20 pound elk she's bugling she's bugling <laughs> oh my god uh, so i'm sorry our professional podcast that we're running around here it's great yeah anyway please proceed so they're saying that eddie met annie through snickert and eddie got her pregnant they were living happily together until the queen found out about this indiscretion and demanded that the situation be terminated the queen gave the matter to lord salisbury um, her prime minister to solve and then he went to the royal physician who took Annie to his mental hospital where um, Gull performed experiments in trying to erase her memory. The child that they had together escaped unharmed with her nanny Mary Kelly. So they're trying to say that Mary Kelly was the well, Mary nanny. Kelly? Yes. Wait, they're trying to say that Mary, Mary Kelly. Kelly was the nanny of this child that Got it. Prince Eddie had. Okay. Twist. Yeah, it's nuts. Dun, dun, dun. So Kelly hid the baby with some nuns when she found out that things were going down. <laughs> Wait. And she fled. Oh, hid. This, yes. Hit. I heard hit the baby with some nuns. Hit. 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 The mental image of that is brilliant. I just used a nun. Ooh, it's like nunchucks. Nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus oh, Christ! Great. How did that take any of us that long to come up with that? That was that was brilliant, Brittany. That was none. Show. Oh my God! Oh sweet. So after she hid, like, with some nuns, she fled. She eventually told the story of everything that had happened to several of her cronies, Nichols, Chapman, and Stride. 
the victims. Um, when the cronies had decided to blackmail the government with this information to, because they needed money to pay uh, the local, protect, uh, local protection thugs, um, that's how the prime minister and Gull, the physician, found out about where the baby was being held. So they were worried that the prince is going to be thrown through the mud because of his secret marriage, all of that. So Gull decided to... <laughs> Fuck. I, I think he decided to enlist some corgis. <laughs> Cronies. Uh, Cronies, corgis. Well, it is England. It's it's, right? Yes. It, but they're Welsh. So Gold devised a, an elaborate plan to silence the woman based on Masonic ri- rituals. And I don't understand why it is that the Freemasons keep coming up in all of my stories. But um, he created Jack the Ripper as a symbol of Freemasonry. He enlisted Sir Robert Anderson, who I said before was an officer participating in the investigations, uh, to help cover up the crimes and act as a lookout during the murders. And John Nettley, who was a coachman. That's I guess the getaway guy? That's, that was kind of a big thing with that movie From Hell, mm-hmm. that it was the Masons that were doing all of this as right. well. Of course, this is suddenly taking a very Dan Brown feel to it here. This yeah. feels very Da Vinci Code all of a sudden, you know. <clears throat> Yep. I was just going to say, Freemasons are most always blamed for a lot of things. Yeah. When really, they, just build, ha- they just build houses. and Oh, wait, wrong kind of mason. Okay. Yeah. The right. oldest profession. Wait, they're, oh, they're the ones that make the jars, right? The Freemasons? <laughs> the jars that Mary Porter are wine Freemason you. jars? You know what? Let's not. Mm-mm. No? Not Freemason? They're all drinking wine from Mason. Okay? <laughs> Free, from Freemason jars. Yes. <laughs> Um, but no, they, um, they're trying to say that, that um, Edo's, is that how you say her name, um, was a mistake. That she often went by the name Mary Kelly, but spelt differently. And um, it was just a case of mistaken identity. Um, but once the truth was known, the real Mary Kelly was found silenced. Mm. Yep. That would really And suck. then they used her <laughs> as a scapegoat. And now the Merovingians are in charge of watching over her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Peaches did not like my theory. All right. All right. So wow. either either Prince Eddie did it because of syphilis or he was just part of it because the, the royal family was trying to hush up people mm-hmm. that knew of his secret marriage and the baby. Dun, dun, dun. Your choice. All right. So who was it that said that to us? Was it Chris? Yes. That's a, thanks, Chris. She said her partner had this book and sent us some screenshots of it. It was really great. Thank you for that. That was a fun one. That was uh, it. Was definitely that's definitely one of the rabbit hole kind of theories on that one there. So. There's actually two more, at least two more theories of how he could be involved somehow. Um, but yeah, it's not enough time in the day <laughs> for all of that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much, Larissa. So uh, now we're going to turn it on over to Mary. Okay, first off, I'm going to apologize for Peaches. Don't apologize. There was a fire truck. That's what all the dogs were outside, actually. Our neighborhood dogs were howling. Ours, the Seymour and No, and I Louis said the neighborhood it, dogs. That's what I meant. Yeah. Ours are being cool because there's ladies in the room. They're trying to. They're trying to impress them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, my possible suspect is Lewis Carroll. Does his name sound familiar? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, it should. He is the author of Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, along with many more popular poems. Now, a little history on Carroll. His real name is Charles Ludwig Dachshund. 
uh, meaning Lewis Carroll is his pen name. So just to make sure we're clear with everything, I'm just going to refer to him as Lewis Carroll. Now, Carroll was a mathematician, photographer, artist, and he taught church at Christ Church until 1881, and it just so happened the church was located in the Whitechapel district. Now, the actual theory that Lewis is the killer is primarily based on two allegations. Lewis is suspected by many historians, even by a few of his own bi biographers who wrote his book, of being a sexual deviant, perhaps maybe even a pedophile. The theory is because he had a very close relationship for several years with a young girl named Alice Liddell, who many think was the inspiration of Alice in Wonderland. Go figure. Uh, he also had other female <coughs> friends from the same age group. And just in case you're wondering, what age group is this? It's 11. That's right. 11. Oh my God. <laughs> These are his friends? <laughs> Wait, how old was he at the time? Uh, I think he was like in his late twenties. When was oh, this? That's so it was like eight. Well, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Well, no. Even late, he was even older. Because uh, I just looked him up here because I, uh, I was curious about that name. It shows that he was born in third eighteen thirty two. Yeah. So he, he was even older, and I'll get back to that so we can kind of guesstimate. It didn't say an age, but I'll tell you an age later on, and we can kind of guess. So I mentioned that he was a photographer and many of his photos were of children in the nude or semi-nude situations. But in all fairness, I do want to point out he also had fully clothed adult subjects as well. Wait, shouldn't that be the other way around? Yeah. No, fully clothed adults. <laughs> I was just making sure you guys were listening. Okay. I wish the I wish the viewers could have seen Eric's face when you were... <laughs> I know, he sat up back. really straight. Oh. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Now, the second theory might be a little bit of a stretch. In a book released in 1996, titled Jack the Ripper, Lighthearted Friend... <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so dumb. The idea is that Carol and his Oxford colleague... Thomas Barry Bainey were both responsible for the Whitechapel murders. Now, why I said it's a stretch is because he based his allegations off anagrams he constructed out of Carroll's work. The author, Dr. Richard Wallace, claimed there were hidden confessions all throughout his work and his life of crime in Whitechapel. Was he a Freemason too? <laughs> I did not see that he was. Okay. I mean, he belonged to the, the Christ Church, so usually they're not really, like, I don't know. I don't think that they're very church-like people. The Christ Church isn't very church-like? No, I'm saying, like, Freemasons and church. Freemasons are Actually, very churchy. are they? Yeah, you in order to, to join, religious. you have to oh. have some kind of... Okay, see, Moo Moo. I don't, you don't have to believe be, in something. You don't have to be Christian, you, but you do have to... See, I thought uh, they had to be super Christian. Nope. That's what I mean. Okay. The anagrams he presents in his book are not very good. In fact, Wallace tends to cheat rather by simply leaving out or changing any letters he can't fit in. For example, he takes the passage from Carol's Nursery Alice. So she wandered away through the wood, carrying the ugly little thing with her. And a great job it was to keep hold of it. It wiggled about so, but at last she found out the proper way was to keep tight hold of its foot in its right ear. Now Richard Wallace changed it to, she wiggled about so, but at last Dogson and Bane found a way to keep hold of that fat little whore. I got a, <laughs> I got a tight hold of her and slit her throat, left ear to right. It was tough, wet, disgusting too. 
so weary of it, they threw up. Jack the Ripper. That's entirely different. <laughs> I mean, if you take out a letter here and there, you totally get that. <laughs> Mary, I feel like we could probably use your name. <laughs> it's a simple it, it substitution. It does spell out Jack the Ripper. <laughs> so if this indeed was the theory used to accuse Lewis Carroll of being Jack the Ripper by using poorly constructed sentences that actually only worked if you left out letters or changed letters into a pattern that seems to fit for your means then any written work could be changed into accusing any writer that they are the possibility of Jack the Ripper. Patricia Cornwell, I'm coming at you. <laughs> Just Ooh, now, besides Jack the Ripper. <laughs> I know. Now, besides his books, clues were also in his poems. Another example is the Jabberwocky, written in 1872, 16 years before the murders. The Vorpel blade went snicker-snack, he left it dead, and with its head, it went galumping back. Wallace says that refers to uh, Anne Chapman, who was the third victim and who had her head almost severed. Another example uh, was from his poem, The Hunting of Snark. Carol wrote, They sought it with thimbles, they sought it with care, they pursued it with forks and with hope. They threatened its life with a railway share, they charmed it with smiles and soap. As it turns out, the victims of Jack the Ripper all had soap, forks, and thimbles in their pockets. Okay. Now, here's a few facts about Carol and Bainey. Bainey suffered from acute back pain, and in an entry dated in his diary, he said, can barely move great pain. This was dated August 16th, 1888, and he was also almost 60 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, Carol was 56, so there's the age, 56, um, in 1888. He was 5'9", very thin, and had a, um, an erratic gait when he walked, intended to tilt and lean heavily backwards when he stood still. Oh, and I do want to mention, he was on holiday during the murders. He was at his summer cottage in Eastbourne with friends from August 31st to October 3rd. Keep in mind, the first of the five murders was on August 31st. <clears throat> now, Wallace went on to say entries of Carol's diary also made reference to him being the killer. There was one interesting entry in his diary, though. On August 26, 1891, it was titled, If I Did It. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Totally OJ reference. Um there was no reference unless you use your own made-up method to, again, twist words as Wallace was doing. But there was one actual entry where he mentions the murderer. In this entry, he references a conversation he had with his friend, Mr. Dabbs. He had said he told him of his ingenious theory of who the Jack the Ripper really was. Sadly, he did not go into detail into the entry and there was nowhere else mentioned in his diary of who it was. And that's it. I totally debunked this. Lewis Carroll didn't do it. By the way, the the uh, the fork, soap, and thimble. Uh, thimble thing. I mean, it makes sense for their profession, actually, why they would have those on them. Most you got to clean, you got to fix your clothes, and you got to eat. Got to eat, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you I for explaining that after you every said Every sex on my worker. Face. <laughs> yes. well, I'm just trying to tell you what you should carry, Pam. Oh! <laughs> oh, shit. 
Pizza did not like that insult. She did. No, maybe. Oh wow. Anyways, no, like um. I when I was really anxious about reading this because I had heard so many times that Lewis Carroll was a suspect, and although he is, he is like the lowest level suspect out of all rippers out there, possible rippers. Uh, and like I was telling Eric this morning, I'm like I've researched so much just to discover he did not do it. <laughs> he like might have been a pervert and into things he shouldn't have been. Like, I don't know how this book really legitimately got published. It's a horrible book. Just taking out letters and stuff Did and Patricia twisting it. Did Patricia write it? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. She, she has to have a different name. <laughs> yeah. We don't get sued. That's right. And he also didn't have a mustache. That's a shame in itself, though. So That makes me question the man. They didn't you don't have, have a mustache. mustache. I don't, but I also don't live in the 1880s. Yeah, I, I think back then you had to. Like it was a yeah. There's there was like hat. laws and shit. <laughs> and a hat. Right. Yeah, but I I really like no pun intended. I went down the rabbit hole a lot with him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I don't. I honestly don't think he did it. I I'm pretty sure you did intend that pun actually, but nah. it was worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. <laughs> All right, and Janine? So, yeah. Janine, why don't we have you go ahead and take over yours to wrap up our theories here. I'm really anxious because Janine's been talking about her guy is totally Jack the Ripper. So, we're going to talk about a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is his name Jack? (laughs) His name is Frederick Deeming. Frederick Deeming was from Australia. He He was a serial killer from... Australia, but many believe he's Jack the Ripper. He was a sailor and did a lot of traveling between the countries. And back then, the uniforms that the sailors would use, they would wear these hats that look a lot like a top hat. So the the kind of imagery could still fit. He was in Whitechapel in 1888 because he sailed there. <laughs> he was doing his sailing thing. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing there, but he was there. He was there. Um, and he, so, sorry, let me back up just a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about his childhood. He was um, known to be, to have an unnaturally strong uh, relationship with his mother and an absentee father. Are we talking about Ed Gein? <laughs> no, we're, we're talking about hey, like. Ed's dad was there. Okay, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Come um, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he had a he had what they refer to as a brain fever when he was a child um and then also he had these again when he was sailing i don't know what brain fever is but i'm assuming it's an infection i think it's a fever on yeah. the brain <laughs> the brain he despite being emotionally unstable he still met a woman managed to meet a woman get married um, and what they the had <laughs> and they had four children so this was like later on this is like way past 1888 this is later on he um, then had a second wife in another country that he also had married um, and they and they also she had a child or they had a child together I can't remember which but there was a child involved so in both instances, neighbors started to ask, like, where are the kids, where are the where's the wife? And he'd say, oh, they're just out on a trip or oh, they just moved away. Um, but it turns out that 
he actually had murdered both families. So he murdered his wife and four kids, and they found them under the, the floorboards of his home. Um, and he murdered them in the real similar to the style of the, the Ripper. So severed, um, severed their throats, almost severed their heads off. You know, really... <laughs> Sorry. He slit their throat, <laughs> severed, almost severing their heads. Um, hey, she and, stays honest and true to herself. It's, it's true. true. And I love her it's for true. it. It's um, true. And what interesting enough is like he arranged the bodies very similar to how um, Jack the Ripper would arrange the organs around, especially his final victim, Mary, would arrange the organs around um, where he would have specific organs on the right side and the left side, and then also between the legs. The, the, his wife and three of the children were arranged in that manner as well. The second wife, he, um, they had moved out, and it was believed that nobody was living there, and the owner of the place decided to sell the place, and um, turns out they, it smells, and so they pull up the floorboards, and there's, here's the second wife. Um, same thing. So he actually was prosecuted and went to jail uh, for for those murders. He was um, he was in Whitechapel. He was he was definitely in Whitechapel at the time. The thing that makes him people say he's not the killer is um, he was supposedly with the last murder. He was supposedly in jail at the time, but he had a lot of aliases and a lot of. Um, uh, other identities that he went by and there there's not a record of any of those identities in jail at the time so he also i mean he also traveled quite a bit he traveled to cape town south africa so it'd kind of be interesting to see what was going on in cape town 1888 you know (laughs) what's happening over there um (laughs) but uh but yeah he he definitely had the um we know he's a killer for sure. We know that he is killed in the similar manner and that he was also in the area. Um, he also was, was said to have syphilis, which, um, as we heard with Larissa's story, um, it can cause fevers and, and um, hallucinating and a lot of anger towards women. <laughs> That's what syphilis does. <laughs> I know when I had it, I hated women. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yep. Yep. That's 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 the theory. <laughs> it's a known symptom. <laughs> so, it's like one of those on the commercial may cause side effects. Yeah, right. <laughs> Explosive diarrhea. <laughs> Right after anal so. leakage, it's usually one of those, which is probably the same as what you just said. <laughs> well, I mean, no. Okay, we're not going to get into this. <laughs> That's all I have. Jesus. Hey, you guys, back to gnomes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's actually a lot more on 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 him because obviously he's a serial killer with a long history of killing. Um, so I. I recommend reading about him. It, it sounds like he was a big fan of Poe. The whole burying people on the floorboards thing is is awesome. So, 
Anyway, thank you for that awesome theory, Janine. So, um, some other uh, Ripper suspects that have been out there, just so you know, uh, they've included uh, Royal Physician Sir William Gull, escaped Broadmoor prisoner James Kelly, East End wife killer William Burry, quack doctor Francis Tumblety, and Russian immigrant Alex Patachenko. Okay, so I'm going to debunk Gull, and I know Larissa mentioned him. Although Gull was the doctor to Queen, uh, Queen Victoria, he had a few things that happened to him around 1888, especially within those couple months of when this was happening. He had multiple strokes, mm-hmm. but he was also 70. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes it a little difficult to Do uh, be doing surgical. What? Cocaine? Stroke cane. That would make it very hard to murder sex workers when you're relying on a stroke cane. Everyone had cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. no. This was the 1880s, not the 1980s. Oh, Oh, shit. All right. So, on that note then, ladies, I want to kind of go around here. Now that everybody's heard some of these theories, what does everybody think? Does anybody feel like anybody's theory is stronger than the others? Yes. Okay. I'll right. start. That's, I, a, that's a very oh, closed-ended answer. All right. Here we go. I really like the idea of Pam's guy, James Maybrick. And I thought it was pretty interesting, like the diaries and everything. And I'm still stuck on the fucking pocket watch. <laughs> like, why? Right? And well, then, maybe there's more than just that. And that's no, all that's been found. It's totally true. And I mean, maybe it wasn't to confess, but maybe it was like in one of those elusive states of mind where he's just like, oh, hey, like I'm going to do this as a a trinket, like a trophy. Yeah. Well, he was fucked up on arsenic. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm also really digging because for the longest time I thought it was H.H. H. Holmes and then I didn't. But now I'm kind of back on board. Yeah, me too. Hmm. OK. Eric, Anyone who else? do you think it is? I think it was Jack. <laughs> Wait, Jack, Jack Ripper? R. Ripper? Jack, Jack Thripper. Jack T. Ripper? Jack Thripper did it. Uh, honestly, I don't know. We've heard some a lot of really good ones. And, I, you know, whenever you guys hear me, like, trying to poke holes in these theories and whatnot, it's because I love playing devil's advocate. You know, trying to, to find that kind of side. I'm, I've always loved playing the devil's advocate. Whether I agree with what I'm saying or not, I like to be able to propose those theories out there. So that being said, when I was poking holes in there, it's just... Trying to be that That's pest, cool. That Who do you person. think did it? So you think H.H. Holmes because he's the devil in the white city, right? Jesus Christ. You know what? I'm not going to tell you my theory. That's fine. Janine, we know you You think your guy did it. I do. Brittany? Actually, I think uh, Kaminsky is one of the other suspects. Not one of them we talked about. He, there's a lot of stuff on him. Give us a quick rundown. Ugh. Like 30 seconds. I don't don't know. Uh, There's a ballpark named after him. (laughs) So there's two. So there's Kaminsky and there's um, Klaus. Kosminski. Yes, Kosminski. Kosminski. Yeah. I know. There's Klausowski. Klausowski. There are two. I think one of of the theories with him was that uh, I know that he was Jewish. um, And so that's why. Well, that's why he's a murderer. Yes, <laughs> I'm coming at you, Mary. You can come at Jesus, or why can't you come at the the, the people that he was protecting? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a, there was that whole racism thing going on at the time, um, 
there was in a lot of graffiti on the walls and stuff around town talking about the Jews and and how just as they're just bad people because that's what racists write. So I'm not and, saying I believe it. And I'm there's just saying this is what, reviews that we're always coming at. Religions. No, no, no. I'm not saying that's the truth. I'm just telling <laughs> know, you I'm what racists kidding, say. I'm but wait, but why would that make him want to kill so, sex workers? So the the they thing is, is he was so he was Jewish, but they wanted to take the light away or the they didn't want to put the blame on him because of all of the negativity happening to Jewish people at the time. So mm. they wanted to just kind of be like, well, we can't have this murderer be Jewish. So a, a lot of the limelight was taken. So he off. got a freebie. So yeah, because the theory is that there was mm. there's a big uh, like basically mural that someone drew in red paint or blood that said something about that the Jews <laughs> the Jews had killed the the women and they were to blame, but then the cops basically covered it over really quick. <laughs> so. Well, I think it's it's more on the lines of the the Jews were to blame for pretty much everything is kind of (laughs) is kind of how it was written. But it was also found really, really near where they found the the piece of leather from the the leather apron from one of the victims. They found the the graffiti as well. But new suspect, Mel Gibson, then. I second that theory. (laughs) Time after time. (laughs) Okay, Pam. Well, I haven't watched all of American Ripper, but I would say I really think it's my guy or H.H. I, I love the idea of it being H.H. Holmes because of how like prolific he is and how fucked up he was in Chicago and like every like the idea of having a house with multiple like that. I think I would love to just go explore that house and like have fun in it and just see where stuff goes like. Just seems fun. Larissa is bouncing out of her. Well, yeah, but but I love the idea of it being H. H. Holmes, but I think it's my guy. All right, Michelle. Um, I think I'm kind of stuck between Maybrick and Holmes. There's a lot of convincing evidence about Holmes, but also some new stuff that I learned about Maybrick. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it would be so awesome if they were in on it together. Right. Like, oh my gosh. In in the same that would area, make my dreams time, come true. Killers. Oh my god. What was goodness. the cop show that we said it was uh, cuffs and what was the, the thing that we said that the the, the buddy cop thing, the seventies buddy cop thing that was the they oh, were calling twi- him. Cu- no, but they were saying something Colors in cuffs. And cuffs. Collars and cuffs. Collars and cuffs. That was Megan, yeah. Yeah, collars and cuffs. Okay. Larissa, finish it up for us. Who do you think it is? I am also stuck between Holmes and Maybrick. I think they're in on it together. I don't think that there was a way to be able to do this all together. So they were in it together. And they both have mustaches. Yes. Right? Yes. Mary. Oh, jeez. Sorry. Janine and I just came well, so maybe close to smashing heads together. Maybe you guys almost kissed. went over there and met Maybrick. Maybe uh, Maybrick learned I, how to dismember bodies from Holmes. Oh, shit. That's your answer to your question, Eric. There you go, Eric. I, I already said I think it's Maybrick and Holmes. Well, all right, then. Don't. I'm pretty sure Holmes got debunked. How? You were sleeping. <laughs> no, no, I think he kind of did on I'm or trying after to find American it. Ripper, right? I don't know. I'm trying to find the notes on it, but I'm pretty sure he got debunked. He's no longer on the list of. Sites. I also feel like his great grandson. 
again, well, and this is the same with Maverick, right? Well, here's right? the thing. The you great- have an idea in your head and ev- you can turn everything to fit to it. Plus, Which- again, keeping diaries, uh, the great grandson has a diary that he will not let anyone else see. Like where he says it calls out that he is saying that his great, great, whatever, H.H. Holmes is Jack the Ripper. So he has Holmes's diary? Yeah, he has Holmes's diary. <laughs> But like so no one have can a diary, see it. You have a diary, basically. You have a diary, basically saying your great grandfather's responsible for this, and you get the History Channel to do an eight-part series on you, but and you he, won't show the diary. That's what I mean. That you are saying that's is the f- what well, I definitive. Mean. Maybe that was supposed to be the second season, and they. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, because they I mean, didn't he, do that. Yeah, he's done other podcasts and yeah. other shows, like TV shows, like interviews, but. When they question him about the diary, no one's seen it. Like, I don't even yeah. think, from if I'm remembering right on this part, um, like, someone else called him out on it. Like, no one in his family has seen this. So it's just yeah. this diary that's from his great-great-grandfather, H.H. H. Holmes, confessing to be Jack the Ripper. But again, just because you confess it, I mean, we learned that tonight. Yeah. So many people tried to confess that they were H.H. H., or that they were <laughs> Jack, Jack the Ripper. Holmes, that they were Jack the Ripper. <laughs> And, and they really don't discuss the diary in The American Ripper. They're just going through and creating the timeline. And the, I think the one thing I liked about it was the fact that there was the XCI agent, that she was trying to keep things very much, here's the timeline, not saying it is or isn't, but I didn't the like her. possible availability of him being there and present when this was taking place, and you see the progression and trying to connect him to it. Um, I mean, just because, yeah, you find that his body's buried in his grave. Well, great. So we know he was hung. But, and then he was, and he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this, is this a Rasputin tell? No, this is and why the past tense of hanging is hanged, yeah. not hanged. hung. Well, he was hung. That, is that how he got Whatever. all those women up in there? He could have been hung too. I don't know. Whatever. But, uh. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that we know he was buried and he was in his grave, but it was still after the murders and stuff. So it doesn't change the fact of that it could be still be him. Right. It's not relevant to the possibility. Yeah. Well, very good. So this has been a great discussion. I think that uh, you know we had some awesome theories out here. Um, it really does seem to come down to those two primary suspects, but there are some other really good suspects that are out there. And plus, you know, as we mentioned early on, there's literally been over a hundred different people that have been listed on the suspect list in one way or another. And who knows? I don't know that this is one that's ever really definitively going to be solved. I, you know, too much evidence has been lost over the years and whatever, and never gained in the first place. It's hard to say. Um, do, the theories are half the fun, though. Do we know if there's any leftover evidence from the victims? Like You know how sometimes they'll there, save stuff and then different, you know, scientific advances come along yeah. later. There is a scarf. There's a scarf yep. that belonged to one of the victims. And they've done some recently done some DNA t- testing on it because there was a theory. And I'm blanking on the name of who she thought it was. But there was a theory. And so they did pull DNA and like I can cells and stuff off the yeah, scarf. Yeah, off the scarf. Yeah, and the, and that was mentioned in the American Ripper for okay. H.H. Holmes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they convinced the woman to allow them to. Yes, it was testing. a scarf that had blood and fecal matter on it. Yes. Ew. 
that's, that's some. But you don't shit. have even even though you have that, you don't have like there's no chain of custody at all. Like it's been right, just yeah. you know it could have you know Santa Claus's DNA on it. <laughs> well, we're talking 130 years New ago. Theory. Uh, right? Santa Claus has been around that long. Oh boy! I just mean as far as chain of custody, not that it couldn't be Santa Claus. <laughs> well, I just want to, um, before Eric wraps it up, I just want to say thank you, ladies, for coming over, doing your research, and participating in this panel. And you, our listeners, we hope you're a still listening. <laughs> um, but if you have a suggestion that you think a great panel discussion would come about, then please let us know. We'll definitely get another one together of who done it indeed so again uh thank you very much ladies for all the time and effort that you put into this it was a lively wonderful presentation by all of you so thank you so much as mary said we would love to be able to do another one of these sometime in the near future this was a not so many mini sewed we'll we'll call it, yeah i guess we'll just call it a not so mini sewed how about that oh, hell so yeah. not so many oh hell yeah indeed <laughs> So anyway, uh, thank you so much, everybody. Leave your feedback. If you have a different suspect that you think it might be or whatnot, leave it on the on the page, on the Facebook page, or send us a tweet. Put something on uh, the Instagram page on there. So anyway, thank you very much, everybody. Have yourselves a wonderful day. Bye. 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 Bye.